three. Everybody run back to your fantasy. Now, go, 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 go. And on the count of three. You're listening to a new episode of More Than a Game, a PCAST production. I'm your host, Jean Vier. Today I want to discuss the importance of diversity and inclusion in the world of athletics and share a story, which represents my own experiences with different cultures, races, and ethnicities. I want to start by explaining the inspiration for this particular episode. Austin P. Athletics Student Athlete Advisory Committee hosted its first Unity Walk on October 18th. Being that I was a part of the planning for the event, and it was a success, I wanted to further discuss what it means for athletes to have an event like this and what it can inspire for the future of collegiate athletics. The Unity Walk has been an event that SAC has attempted to put on for a few years now, but the event's debut never came due to weather issues and the big one, COVID. This year was the year, though. We had every sports team at Austin P come together to walk side by side in pride through campus to demonstrate Austin P's athletic support for inclusivity and unity. Whether that represents your race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, or religion, the walk was for everyone to feel welcome and recognized. Our SAC president, and proud to say my roommate, Kelsey Mead, went to great lengths this year to ensure we'd have the unity walk. My fellow SAC representatives also worked very hard to make sure the event was organized and fun. So shout out to everyone involved. Uh, I was honored to speak at the event alongside other athletes and administration about my own experience with culture. I had many requests after the event to share my speech on the podcast. And I thought this was such a good idea, not only because the topic is important, but also because I want this to be an opportunity for you guys to get to know me a little better. If you attended the Unity Walk, you have already heard this, but I encourage you to listen again. I won't be as nervous this time. <laughs> so here we go. My name is Janvier Christine Bugs, and I'd like to tell you a story. One year for my birthday, my family gave me a brand new Barbie doll. I had a feeling I'd get a new doll that year because my family loved to spoil me. Everyone gathered around to watch me open my present, and I tore that wrapping paper off with so much excitement. But when I saw what was inside, my excitement quickly went away. For inside that pink package was a brown-skinned Barbie. Without skipping a beat, I expressed my disappointment, and I told my family that I wanted a tan one instead. In other words, I wanted a white Barbie. I didn't know what I was saying about that Barbie or about myself at the time, and in truth, I didn't even know what race was. What I did know was that I had created an image of beauty in my head that my new Barbie didn't quite fit. You see, my mom is so beautiful. She has tan skin, natural loose curls and waves that she would often straighten when she wanted to look her best. Oh, and she had the prettiest makeup that she would always let me play with as a little girl. My mom was the standard for beauty in my eyes, so no wonder I thought a white Barbie doll was better than a brown skin one. It was all I knew. What I didn't realize then was that my image of beauty was outward facing. I couldn't see the beauty in myself enough to see the beauty in my new doll. 
Fast forward to high school. Clicks were the standard to be in one, and you had to be in one. You had to meet specific standards to be accepted, whether that was the color of your skin, the neighborhood you grew up in, or the language you spoke. There was always a box you had to fit into. I'd often be asked questions like, where are you from? Why do you talk like that? Do you think you're more black or white? What are you? I never really knew how to respond to these questions. The pressure of trying to figure out the right answer had a direct effect on my self-esteem. Was I supposed to choose one thing over the other? Am I supposed to dress, talk, and act a certain way? Am I not good enough just being me? I started to feel like that little girl again, and I started to believe that the standard was something other than myself. See, I'm not just one thing, and I don't fit into just one box. I was raised by a white mom, a Puerto Rican stepdad, an African-American dad, and a Hawaiian Portuguese stepmom. I would come home to a random casserole that my mom made for dinner one night. Then the next night, we'd eat yellow Spanish rice with fried plantains and adobo chicken. At my dad's house, we'd eat freshly boiled and seasoned crab legs one night, and I have a full plate of traditional Hawaiian shoyu chicken with white rice the next. In one household, I would learn to salsa, and in the other, I'd learn to play the ukulele. With all these different cultures around me and the pressures of society to be one thing or the other, high school me was faced with the impossible task of choosing a side. As I got older and matured beyond the cliques, I was able to find beauty in all that makes me me. Instead of choosing one culture or one race, I now embrace every part of who I am because I know that my sense of beauty is a reflection of what I see in myself. I don't have to look out there to love what's in here. I am blessed to be the result of a cornucopia of culture and I am confident in who I am. So now when they ask, what are you? My answer is not so black and white. My answer is that I am a daughter. I am a big sister. I am a student. I am an athlete. I am a podcast host. I am an adventurer, a creative, a girl with loads of stories to tell about how the numerous cultures in my family has shaped me to be who I am today. And that is enough. I am enough. I encourage each of you to embrace the unity in you. After all, what is unity without you? Though I put myself out there in a way by being a host of a podcast, I felt naked giving that speech in front of all of my peers. I had complete control over what I discussed during my speech, and I could have taken the easy way out and told the stories of impactful figures in history that helped with inclusivity in our country, but I wanted to connect to you guys and be vulnerable so that it may encourage just at least one person listening to share their story as well. I think the Unity Walk was a step in the right direction to encourage diversity and inclusion on campus, but we still got a long way to go. And I hope that the Unity Walk becomes annual and we can continue doing this because it really was a success. But of course, there's always things that we can add to the event. We can um, organize a little bit better, things like that. Um, diversity and inclusion is the basis of the walk. And there's a difference between the two terms. Diversity refers to 
the different characteristics of people who make up our community, right? So gender, race, culture, religion, for example. Inclusion refers to what we do to ensure our diverse community is reflected in our athletes. Being inclusive means that we find ways to plan and lead and control the delivery of sport opportunities for everyone. It's about taking proactive steps to remove barriers that may limit someone's access or comfortability practicing um, practicing their sport or participating at all. So the LGBTI community, people from culturally diverse backgrounds and women are a part of this conversation as well because there are definitely things that make it hard for those groups of people to participate in athletics. It's not just, um, you know, race, culture, religion, those kind of things. Um, so I kind of wanted to touch on what diversity and inclusion is like right now for sports. Um, so this may be obvious, but basketball, football, and track have a disproportionately high percentage of African-American athletes, whereas hockey, tennis, golf, um, and baseball have low percentages. Hispanics have made substantial inroads in American baseball and soccer, but they're not participating in American sports generally. Um, tennis, golf, swimming, volleyball, and other sports gained their prominence in prep schools. Um, growing up playing volleyball, a lot of people would call it like a country club sport. Um, and it's totally true. The percentages of white Americans playing these sports is way higher than any other ethnic um, group. And this basically boils down to the lack of diversity in coaching, management, and ownership of most popular sports teams. Um, this isn't just for colleges. This is for, you know, pro sports, so the NFL, NBA, um, professional leagues are also having these problems. Um, in high schools and colleges, have a little more leeway um, just because we're not so much in the public eye and we also have a lot more um, athletes in one in one area so we have a bit more diversity than maybe a professional league but it's still nowhere near where it needs to be um, the publicized problems involving discrimination go hand in hand with the popularity of the sport being broadcasted so basketball and football they have the platform to bring awareness to these problems one of the best examples for using their platform as a vessel for change is as we all know Colin Kaepernick in 2016 he knelt during the national anthem during one of his NFL football games to protest protest racial injustice and police brutality um Though this wasn't his first time sitting or kneeling during the anthem, this time the reporters noticed, and that's when everything blew up. Um, the outrage after his peaceful protest was amazing. Amazing as in the textbook definition causing great surprise or wonder. Astonishing, right? Like, everyone was freaking out <laughs> after 
he did that on national te- television, you know. Um, he was traded left and right after that. There was not a team that really wanted him. Um, if they said they wanted him, they gave him up after a year or, you know, a short amount of time. Um, but the thing about Kaepernick is that he took that rejection and used it as fuel to continue fighting for change. If you Google him right now, his bio says he's an American civil rights activist, not an American football player. Like, that's incredible, you know? He has made great strides in trying to implement diversity and inclusion in the professional world of sports, but also he has stood as a role model for so many people. He is influencing the youth that is coming up playing football, playing basketball, any sport. Um, He is definitely using his life as now a mission to influence those to take a stand in the way that he did. Um, So after all of the you know, tabloids and rumors and all of that hoopla. (laughs) Coaches and team owners had to be more discreet with how they responded to protests in the future. Um, NFL owners made their views known by doing nothing, basically. Um, If they supported it, they did nothing, is basically what I'm saying. And if they didn't support it, then that's when it became more tricky because after the whole Kaepernick thing, all of these teams were getting rid of players that took a stand for, you know, the injustices and they were very obvious about it. And this brought a lot of backlash towards those owners of those teams and it wasn't a good look to say the least. So owners of these teams had to be a lot more discreet with how they wanted to enforce consequences for taking a knee or sitting down um, because they didn't want the backlash to come on them and obviously lose fans, which means you lose money, right? So I'm not saying that I'm planning on taking a knee or sitting on the bench during my next game during the national anthem, but Kaepernick's actions created a snowball effect for activism and change that us as athletes can influence too. Those of you that have a platform on social media can use your opinions, can voice your opinions, um, your problems with whatever's going on in athletics, and maybe if you have solutions, you can voice those things to your followers. I know some of us here at Austin P are um, verified on Instagram and you're verified because the algorithm, right? Everybody loves that word. Realizes that you are getting a lot of likes, comments, um, views on your profile, um, your insights, right? So, the people that are verified, you have the most power for this institution, you know? You can voice your opinion 
and advocate for people that may not have the platform or, um, you know, for kids in high schools or middle schools that don't really see the problem. They're just playing their sport to play their sport because in high school, I was not worried about diversity and inclusion. I was worried about (laughs) playing well for my next tournament or getting recruited. Um, And those things never really crossed my mind. Um, But now being in college and seeing so many different kinds of people joining our sports teams here, our coaching staffs, um, seeing the types of people that we have, and hearing from teammates that are going to different colleges, hearing their stories and hearing um, how diverse or not diverse their their teams or um, their department is. So I'm hearing a lot more about it now that I'm older, but also I'm observing and I'm noticing it myself. Um, so now that, you know, we are involved in things like the unity walk, it should be something that will encourage you to keep being involved in things like that or organizing your own events that will help influence change. Voicing your opinion can be really, really hard being an athlete. Um, I understand that what I was saying is easier said than done, right? It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of people behind you to be able to host an event like the Unity Walk. Like I said, Kelsey went through a lot of hoops to make sure that we had that in the first place. Um, That goes along with getting t-shirts made, getting banners printed, um, getting speakers set up and a microphone set up for the speeches at the end um, and making sure it was recorded. Pictures were taken um, that so that the community can see that we are a part of something great, you know. Um, as an athlete, we have eyes on us at all times. And sometimes those eyes are only watching to see us fail. And this is hard because because we are put to such a high standard in on our campus and in our community things that you may have never thought were a problem or something that you might have gotten away with in high school or during your club years um, are now a problem here and that's just because we affect the community so much we bring in a lot of money let's get that out of the way but we represent our university this goes for athletes all student athletes right you represent your university and when there are issues with athletics that means there are issues with the school And that's just how people perceive it, right? Like, I can bring up tons of scandals from, you know, athletes and colleges and whatnot, and it reflects poorly on the college itself. People don't just single out, oh, you know, only the athletics of this school is a little sketchy. No, they say, like, this school is sketchy because of this situation that happened, you know? So we have to 
as athletes, we have to be very careful with what we say, what we do, what gets posted online. Um, there's a lot of things that you have to make sure are student athlete friendly, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So it's definitely hard to be honest and vulnerable to a group of people when you're not sure how they may take it. And when I told my speech at the Unity Walk, that's that was my fear exactly, was you know, I'm going to say this about me. This is completely personal, this speech of mine. And if my 300 plus peers don't understand where I'm coming from or they don't resonate with what I'm saying, I don't want them to not like me. You know, I don't want them to think that I'm a bad person or that, or that, I'm disconnected from other people's experiences. Um, I really didn't want them to think that way. But I was rewarded with so many compliments. I <laughs> People were coming up to me after that day just telling me how thankful they were that I told my story. And when you have fears like that going into something where you have to be vulnerable, it's completely normal and natural, you know? And for me, every time that I've done that, every time I've put myself out there, I have gotten positive responses. So take it from me and trust that if you are putting yourself out there with good intentions and you're trying to see something great come out of whatever you're a part of, then you have to open up. You have to tell your story. You have to be honest with the people that are asking you, hey, what's going on in this area? Um, you know, taking this seriously and taking it personal is kind of the best way to go about it because people will connect with your heart. People connect with stories um and i know that each of you it doesn't matter what background you came from each of you have your own story to tell and that is what gets movements started that's what influences real change because you may see a problem in your team or in your department and because you feel like your voice isn't as substantial as maybe you know your coach or a team captain you don't say anything at all and that's just not what we need we need everyone on board you know so it doesn't matter if you only have a hundred followers on social media or if you're not really involved in clubs on campus being a student athlete is your platform, point blank period. You are already put on this pedestal. You, your expectations from the community have already ris risen above <laughs> the average student, you know? Um, so being the face of the university just comes along with being an athlete. You know, you cannot get away with that. So you can say, oh, well, 
now I got a target on my back. Like all these people, all these eyes are on me. All these people are watching my every move. It was like that in high school too. You just were, you weren't called the face of your high school. You were just called the popular kid or the jock, you know, right? Like it's, it's all the same. You were able to get away with a little more then. And like I said, when we were younger, we were not thinking about topics of diversity and inclusion and stuff like that. And for me in high school, Hispanics were the top percentage, like black kids, white kids, Asian kids, um, Turkish kids. We were all the minority. Everyone was the minority. The Hispanic um, population was way bigger. So I was... I'm really grateful coming from such a diverse high school and being able to see so many different cultures right in front of me. Um, but not everyone has experienced that. Um, so when you come into a space where people are handpicked, right? Like each athlete is recruited, each administrator is recruited and hired, you know, carefully and intentionally. Um, so this is where, you can really see how your your university or maybe how your team looks and acts and um, how much energy they're putting into diversity and inclusion. Um, as an athlete, we have the power to bring awareness to issues in athletics um, that coaches or administration may not even notice, you know. Um, so to embody this, united initiative we need athletes advocating for each other um that's where it starts you know so i've been talking about voicing your opinion to your community voicing your opinion to your team all of that but it really starts with your peer the the people that are using the same gym as you the people that are using the same field as you the people that you see the most often, the people that are coming to your games to support you so that you support them. You know, the athletes have their own community and their own voice as a whole. And if we can all come together and keep helping the university feel confident in the strides that they're making um, for diversity and inclusion, then it will spread across the entire university, you know? Because as student athletes, we hold, like I said, we hold a lot of power and our voices matter to the image of the athletics department and the university. So your voice is doing athletics a favor. This is a step in the right direction, right? Um, so when we advocate for each other, what are the types of things that we should bring up? Um, let's start with good equipment. And I, I want to be careful with how I say my adjectives for these things. So like at first I wanted to say adequate equipment and I'm like, adequate is still not good enough. You know, there are teams that have brand new this and then other teams have broken that you know it's like you might have the equipment but if it's not in great shape then it's not really serving the team you know so 
I'm going to say great equipment. We need great equipment for all sports. That's going to make being successful better, you know. So equipment, plenty of gear. Gear is something I've heard has been an issue um, for a lot of teams. Um, making sure that you're able to keep your gear and making sure that you're getting enough for the season changes, right? Um, safe and efficient travel. This has to be across the board. You can't, you know, be on a van for five hours and then expect to play or, um, expect to perform the way you would if you had time to do treatment or to, um, rest and fuel your body for that amount of activity. Um, having healthy food, this is across all teams. Um, this is very important because we have to fuel our bodies to be able to go the lengths that we do during meets or games or whatever it is. Also, mental health resources. This is a big one because the strain that we put on our bodies physically and mentally is more than you can imagine and I know it gets hard in the middle of season it gets really hard at the end um because we're just exhausted at that point and I put this on my list because though I think mental health resources are available um, making sure that it's encouraged amongst female and male, um, sports, because this is where the inclusion, you know, comes in where, you know, maybe the male sports have the good equipment, plenty of gear, they have safe travel, they have the healthy food, um, but they are not encouraged to go seek help. They're not encouraged to maybe get tutoring, um, they're not encouraged to take a day off. They're not encouraged to do all of these things that maybe um, other sports are. But at the same time, some, maybe some of these female sports don't have good equipment. They don't have enough gear. Um, they don't get healthy food all the time. So these are some of the things that vary amongst genders um, because of the funding. Like I said earlier, basketball and football, they are broadcasted more. They have more fans, which means they bring in more money, um, which also means that they have more boosters and donors and stuff like that. So some of the money that is going into these sports is from the un the athletics department, right? But some of this other funding is coming from outside sources that you know, the volleyball team or the softball team or the soccer team may not see because we aren't bringing in as much money as those more popular sports. Um, another thing is athletic training, um, making sure that we have adequate tools in the training room for our trainers to use to help us with recovery, with injuries, uh, preventative um, treatments, stuff like that. Um those things are really important, making sure that everyone has those across the board and that um, everyone is getting the fair chance to perform to their best ability. And 
with all of those more material things comes with making sure that you have a leader on your team to be the reminder um, that different types of people with different backgrounds, skin color, uh, preferences are on your team right now. You have to recognize there are people that have different struggles than you do um, that may not be recognized, that may not be voiced. And if you can be that person to get a bit closer with those people, um, then you can create your own snowball effect of change. And, you know, you might be looking at your team now and being like, well, you know, everything seems good. Like no one has a problem with each other. You know, it's not, you know, it's not that big of a deal if this person is this way or that person is that way, you know? And, I hope that though things are just okay, that doesn't make you think that you don't need to do anything to make it better, you know? Um, And being a part of SAC, our meetings are to make your athletic experience the best that it can be. And I think a lot of teams get content with maybe not um, embracing the cultures on their team and sticking to business only, you know, this is just volleyball, but people from different backgrounds and different experiences can add so much to the culture of a team, uh, the culture of a department, um, and make you stronger. Diversity and inclusion, diversity is what brings a community together it's what makes a community strong um and we have to keep fighting for that um there are a lot of programs that universities will pay for where they have like diversity coaches come in um and they will teach teams and um they will teach administration and they'll try to implement you know different activities or um different protocols for situations um, dealing with diversity. Um, And I think that this is a wave that every university, every athletics department can get behind. And if you are a leader on your team or if you're a leader at um, at your school, if you're a part of a lot of things where you have a voice, Um, that's definitely something you can bring up to administration is, hey, you know, I think we need someone else. You know, like maybe we can't solve this problem here right now with the people that we have, but maybe we can find someone that can. So I think also allocating some of our funds and our resources to um, making that area, diversity and inclusion better, um, will make our university and our community stronger as well. Um, So... That's about all I have for you guys today. I really hope you enjoyed um, my story. Uh, Like I said, if you went to the Unity Walk and you're listening, you already heard it. But I hope that you could resonate with maybe a part you didn't hear too well before 
or maybe it connected you connected to you a little bit better. Um, I really hope that the unity walk is a start for so much more. Um, next year when the unity walk is put on, um, we're hoping to not just have athletes and athletic administration, um, present. We want, you know, the whole campus to be involved and, um, we want this to be an Austin P thing, you know, and I think coming together, walking side by side through the streets, you know, and putting ourselves out there as saying, you know, we support this and this is something that is important to us. I think that needs to be more widespread. Um, so if you're an athlete that doesn't go to Austin P listening, bring this up to your team, you know, um, tell them that, Hey, volleyball girl from Austin P she was a part of this thing called the unity walk. Um, I think we should do something like that. And if it's not your whole athletic department, then just do it with your team, make some t-shirts, um, sit on your locker room floor and <laughs> paint t-shirts. If you, uh, if you can't get them printed, you know, something to, um, to say that your team supports diversity and inclusion and making it better. Um, so yeah, like I said, that's all I have for you guys. Um, thank you so much for listening in today. Um, I really like talking, um, to you guys alone sometimes because, um, I really want you to connect with me and I'm talking to you, you know, it's just you and me chatting it up. So thank you for spending your time with me today. Um, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly on the website at let's go P.com slash podcast. Um, you can also follow the podcast on Instagram at more than a game Um, I'll be posting updates on who's going to be on next. I'm going to be posting updates on what topics I'm going to cover. Um, But it's also a really good place for you to give me topic ideas and guest requests. So you can DM me at more than a game pod um, or you can just comment on any of the posts, um, any of your recommendations for what you want to hear next. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. I'll catch you on the next one. Everybody run back to your fantasy now.